to the secrets of the yoginis. In this podcast, I seek to explore the ancient wisdom of holistic health and share the very best secrets to help you experience vitality, wellness, and self-efficacy in your longevity. I'll interview wellness thought leaders. Listen as we explore holistic practices and the connections with nature. In this interview, I get to have a discussion, a conversation with the incredible Valerie Azanera of Go Simply Healthy Health Coaching Services. She is an amazing individual. She works one-on-one with clients, and you can learn all about who she serves in this interview. We also discuss Parkinson's disease and hormone balancing. I hope you will enjoy this sweet conversation with a dear friend of mine and colleague, Valerie Azanera. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us today for the Secrets of the Yoginis. And I'm interviewing Valerie Azanera of Go Simply Healthy. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you. So, Valerie, I guess this is a big question. Do you consider yourself a yogini? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Oh, wonderful. I know you are. You are a yogini. You're a feminine goddess. That's one of the translations of the yoginis. I'm just so pleased to have you as my first um, person I'm interviewing for my podcast. Thank you. It's an honor. Welcome. I have to say that over the years, I have admired your work and you inspired me to transition out of the flavor of pastry cooking and really think about all of the sugar I was feeding my kids (laughs) and start exploring a healthier way of living and it transformed me into a completely different person well that's I'm purely honored that's the nicest thing that someone can ever say to me (laughs) oh my gosh it's it's so true so Valerie, you and I spent a lot of time volunteering in our children's school together, and I watched you keep up with your career, and that was so empowering. I, um, I, I was just inspired by that too. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you know what you're doing now and who you're serving. Uh, so yeah, so. First, thank you, Angela. I'm very <laughs> honored that I'm your first um, first podcast interview. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, and so um, about, let's see, 2017, um, I have always been um, in the health and fitness field in one capacity. In 2017, I wanted to transition. I've always done personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, and I wanted to transition into more health coaching, more of an umbrella, because there's a lot more to uh, health than just fitness. Mm-hmm. And so in 2017, I got certified um, as a health coach. And um, fast forward to now, um, I am still personal training and I'm health coaching. And I um specialized in just recently 
and probably in the past year, started specializing in people who are pre-diabetic or kind of borderline pre-diabetic. Um, oh. And um, I work with people who uh, have Parkinson's and the work with the Parkinson's people is more um, on a fitness level. Mm, wow. um, and then uh, I just started working with cancer survivors. Wow. And so those three, um, those three groups are very near and dear to my heart. Oh, that's amazing. And well, you're doing such a profound work, by the way. I just want to salute you for that. <laughs> How, so here's my question though. How did you move from, you know, just straight up health coaching into serving these three particular um, populations? Um, they- yeah, so, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Angela. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, jump right in. I love um, it. I'm just really excited to. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so they, they both kind of all transformed pretty close together. When I started health coaching, um, I was always told to find your niche. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was kind of difficult because I really wanted to help everybody. Yes. Um, and I kept, people kept recommending to me, find your niche, find your niche. And so um, it took me a couple of years to find my niche. Um, and I first, my first niche was wanted to work with Parkinson's because um, it was the one I was most familiar with as far as the uh, fitness aspect of the health coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just started looking more into the nutritional aspect of it. And Parkinson's um, was my f- kind of first go-to because my dad had Parkinson's. Oh, wow. Um, and so um, he is kind of my inspiration or mentor for every um, health and fitness aspect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, and my and coincidentally, my father-in-law also has Parkinson's. Um, wow. And so Parkinson's was kind of like a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for diabetes, kind of borderline pre-diabetes, is my mom, um, uh, diabetes runs in her family. Mm-hmm. And so maybe about, I don't know, 20 years ago, she was diagnosed. She lost all this weight and kind of... Um, prolonged her um, diabetes and she eventually did get it, but she has really controlled and managed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of inspired me of, you know, mm-hmm. people really think that prediabetes or it's all genetic and, and it can't be reversed. And so she inspired me to really dig into what, diabetes looks like, mm-hmm. what diabetes looks like, and how you can avoid it. Um, so that was the diabetes part. And the cancer part was, um, so my husband's, my mother-in-law, who I never met, I spoke to once, died of cancer um, back in 97. And 97? Um, yes, 90. 
no, that's not true, 98. Um, and so um, I spoke to her once and my husband was really, really close to his mom. Hmm. And so I wanted something that I could connect with. I'm yeah. as funny as that sounds. <laughs> no, um, I get it. I wanted something that I connect with because I had never met her some way that I could help someone maybe not lose their mom. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of the, the cancer part of it. And that's how I chose wow. those three, um, those three groups of people. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it, it, it really, um, especially if you're describing your niche, that can really loop into your personal pathways of um, passion around health. If you can imagine your your avatar being a family member, right? Like the yeah. person that you're going to work with. That's um, that's such a sweet story. I'm so sorry for your loss of your mother-in-law. Yeah. I I um I I know that cancer is there's so many different kinds of cancer. So I, yeah. I'm just wondering, do you have you been working with any? Uh, particular type of cancer survivor or do you kind of look at it as um, you know the same it's the same thing no matter what diagnosis yeah I mean you're right there is so many different types of cancers unfortunately and know. you know I don't specifically work with a certain type of cancer because mm -hmm. in my eyes cancer is cancer right like right whether you have, you know, ovarian cancer or colon cancer or, you know, the, the rates of survival are different, but it's still cancer. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, the nutrition aspect of it um, isn't really that different. Right. Um, and so I don't, I don't seek out or particularly work with any particular type of cancer patients. I've worked with um, breast cancer patients. Oh, wow. Oh, really, because wow. that's the, you know, I don't want to say most common, but, you mm -hmm. know, um, I don't, because I honestly don't know if it's most common, but I particularly, <laughs> you know, I mean, mm -hmm. in my eyes, it doesn't matter if it's the most common or not. It's still cancer. <laughs> no. And I mean, in that one, it, it is so deeply connected with women. I mean, it's, it, it happens to both men and women yeah, or whoever, um, you know, but it is, um, in a, holistically speaking, I have learned that breast cancer can really be even on a spiritual level connected with the, um, the giving that like unlimited giving that we give to others and the, the giving back to ourselves can sometimes not be there. Yeah. Um, on a spiritual level. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree, Angela. I think, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like breast cancer or, or, you know, skin cancer or, or you know, other types of cancer, it's mm -hmm. people don't realize the spiritual aspect of health. Absolutely. You know, and, and, it plays such an important part of mm -hmm. health. 
I think in some ways more than others, in some ways more than what people think it does. And it's all about attitude, right? Mm-hmm. And spiritually, I've just seen, you know, my, my mom and dad were, uh, or my mom still is totally religious and, and spiritual and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I can, I think it's really important, like you said, um, and people don't realize that. And that's kind of why the umbrella of health coaching, I think, is really important. So people mm-hmm. can puzzle the pieces of it together and not just look at it as, you know, lifting 400 pounds or whatever. Absolutely. No, <laughs> sometimes we get caught up in the whole fitness that yeah. idea of a um, of a boot camp. Yeah. I think sometimes people feel like, oh, that's what health coaching is, and oh, it's a more integrated than just fitness. Yeah, and you know, people think if you look a certain way, then you must be healthy, and that's not always the case. You know, um, absolutely. So that's why we're needed, Angela. Oh my gosh. <laughs> health coaching is um I've been diving into it and I never thought that I would be claiming to to be a coach but I am now because I I, I personally went through um some health challenges during perimenopause and I was astounded at the inability of the western medical establishment to mm-hmm. really offer any any kind of directive around nutrition right. or lifestyle shifts and you know really that that um, focused care on healing whatever the problem is is just what they're able to do which right. we need them to do that and sometimes but most of the challenges like pre-diabetes is completely related to lifestyle shifts right Totally, 100%. Mm-hmm. Totally. That- you know, it's people think it's, um, people think it's genetic. And, you know, type one might be, or not might mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. Um, type one is, but um, type two, you know, it's lifestyle choices. And um, people don't want to go through the work of making lifestyle choices, right? They don't right. want to just like take a pop a pill because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's easy to pop a pill. It, the doctor prescribes it. The doctor's done his job or her job. And, um, but that's not, that's not necessarily the case. With, no. You know, I, I think um, Western medicine has a place obviously in the, in the world, but mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to preventative stuff, it's not necessarily the best. <laughs> no, you know, I, um, have you read that book, Undo It by Dean Ornish, by Dr. Dean Ornish? I have not, but it is, oh my my, I have like five books on my list to read. Oh my God. Well, I have <laughs> a copy. I have a copy if you, if you like it. Do you? I would love it. Oh my gosh. I'll share it with you (laughs) because um, in that book, he describes that almost every Western medical doctor who goes through the traditional um, rigors in the U S education system only get 
around 19 hours of nutritional training. Yeah. yeah. Which is just like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's maddening. <laughs> it is. But then on the flip side of it, they go through so much um, training for every obscure drug, illness, and, disease, yeah. drug. And, um, and so that's, that's what they're versed in. That's what they're able to do. Right. And, so. and no fault of their own. I mean, that's what they're educated in. You Absolutely. Know, that's, that's how our medical system tends to veer towards. Absolutely. So it's, so bringing awareness to health coaching and, you know, the, the possibility of working with someone like you to really shape a lifestyle that's way more, well, it's more medicinal in action, really what you can do every day than popping a pill or, or a supplement, like you just said. Right. Yeah, because, you know, popping the pill, it, it may make you feel better um, for a short while, but it's, you look at those medications and all the don't take risk factors and may cause, mm -hmm. you know, like, it'll eventually catch up to you. Um, Absolutely. And your liver, like, yeah. just the liver suffers yeah. from having to yeah. flush it out. Yeah, so... You know, it's a the famous saying of putting a bandaid over, you know, the the owie and not really truly fixing it, um, or whatever that saying is. Mm -hmm. I mess up sayings all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I, no, I love it. No, I think um, something that I learned in Ayurveda, like um, learning from Ayurveda doctors and practitioners, is the root cause. Yes, you know. Yes. It doesn't get to the root cause, I think. And um, we tend to look, I mean, the Western um, medical tends to look at body parts and not the body whole. And so, um, yes. you know, it's all connected. Like one thing goes wrong, chances are it stemmed from somewhere. You know, Absolutely. When, whether that's someone stressing out or someone, mm -hmm. you know, eating you know, tons of sugar or whatever it may be, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to affect other parts of the body eventually. Uh, and unfortunately, our medical system isn't set up for that, mm -hmm. just to fix the individual part that's broken. Yes, I know, like a car. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> going to a mechanic almost and when we need and when we need it you know when you have to go to the er or there's an emergency or crisis absolutely we we definitely need that before. yeah but you know what angela some people mm -hmm. take better care of their cars than they do of themselves so. <laughs> i know some Why? people put premium gas in their car and they go put mcdonald's in their body you know like <laughs> Why do you think that is? What do you think makes people do that? Uh, well, I mean, you're opening up Pandora's box here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's been there's studies and food. There's additives in foods, processed foods that make us want more of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, sometimes it's a a lost cause because the 
food industry is smart. They're going to put things in there that make us, that make people want it more. Wow. Um, you know, and so I think, and, you know, we're in a quick fix world. So if I can, you know, pop something in the microwave for a minute or mm-hmm. go through drive through McDonald's as I pick up my kid from practice or, you know, yeah. it, it's, I think convenience, people think that is quicker and faster and, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the case. <laughs> no, it's not. You and know? it's, it's not always, I mean, honestly, it's not always that fast because there's a price, there's a cost related right. to it. Yeah. There's, no, no, no. Yeah. There's a waste uh, factor that yeah. is lasting that isn't a short-term fix. Yes. I mean, you know, sure, you you fill up your belly and get your food, you know, mm-hmm. you get, but there's a famous um, quote by this guy, Edward Stanley, and it says, mm. those who think they have not, do not have time for bodily exercises will sooner or later have to find time for illness. Um, wow. You know, and so it doesn't just go through exercise, right? It, it, it covers eating right and Mm-hmm. finding ways to de-stress and you know but I think in the fast-paced life that we have mm-hmm. pay the price later so you know that's kind of my little take on it no now I, later. <laughs> no I um I love it I mean I have a you know I am a scratch I have always been a scratch cook so I I we just do not do McDonald's. Yeah. Like, not ever. I, my kids have been trained not to eat there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so many people do eat there. You know, Valerie, I wanted to ask you about the, the whole body connection with Parkinson's because this is a, I mean, now that I know that you know about this, you're an expert about how to, establish, you know, awareness, health coaching with Parkinson's. I want to pick your brain about this because this disease to me is, is fascinating. Um, It's so complicated because it involves the entire nervous system, right? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for saying I'm an expert. I am not. <laughs> I'm still working well, I think, constantly. <laughs> I think you're, I know we're all always, I mean, I'm going to be learning from others until the day I die. I think. Yes. <laughs> but you're working with Parkinson's patients to help them with their lifestyles though. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, to be honest, Angela, what disease is not a whole body, right? Right. Um, but, you know, Parkinson's is, um, people think it's very genetic. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the mom. She was at Feinstein and she might have been before your time or maybe mm-hmm. um, right when you got there. But she worked up at UCSF, the Parkinson's lab up there. She mm-hmm. specialized in Parkinson's and um, she invited me there years and years ago to check out her lab. Oh. And um, it was 
um, my dad was still, he might have just passed away. I don't even, I don't quite remember the timing, but, um, you know, they had, she had done research on Parkinson's and at that time, they only found it to be about 10% genetic and the rest was environmental. Oh my gosh. Um, and, you know, again, like genetics isn't an excuse. There is genetic aspects, but mm -hmm. through your lifestyle, you can, you can alter that. Um, and so, um, you know, I think Parkinson's is one of those diseases that um, it really, I mean, what disease doesn't really affect someone, mm -hmm. right? But I saw it, um, I saw it really taking a toll on my dad. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, they have no idea. Um, they've lost control, right? Like, right. see, of, of Parkinson's, like, again, most diseases, you're kind of at the mercy of that. And, um, you know, he had such a great attitude going into, I shouldn't say going into, he had such a great attitude during it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's on that piece of, it's all about attitude, right? Absolutely. Uh, and so, but I think I hijacked your question. So what were you asking me? <laughs> no, um, I my question is that how do we, apply lifestyle measures once we have the diagnosis of Parkinson's? Is it more about coping then? Or have you seen folks who can, you know, improve in their symptoms? What's your experience been? So Parkinson's is, you know, a declining. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, you can halt it from progressing. Okay. You can't go back. Right. right. So you can't. Um, and so there's. Um, because it affects the central nervous system, right? Yeah. Like once yeah. it's 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 affecting the entire nervous system. Yes. Yeah. And so um, you can. I don't know if prolongs the right word, Angela, but you can slow it down is probably what I'm trying to say. Mm hmm. Um, and the, one of the biggest ways is moving, is exercise. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's been tons of research on it where um, cardiovascular, like getting that heart rate up, um, there's, I f can't think of the name of it right now, but there's a boxing has done um, well with Parkinson's patients. Like oh, wow. Uh -huh. um, uh, and ball, like ballroom dancing um, oh, wow. has done well because there, it's very fine movements uh -huh. um, and cycling, like spin classes and stuff. Wow. Um, and so, you know, those are, those are things that can slow the disease down. Um, and, you know, I, again, I don't, keep meaning to go back to my dad <laughs> no it's great I... he was really active um and you know I would go take him and I would go to Golden Gate Park in the morning in Tai Chi and mm -hmm. uh, you know Tai Chi is one of those other ones that have you know Parkinson's patients have responded to 
and again, you know, he he died in 2012, so it 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 was a while. But you know, he never stopped moving. Um, right. And so, you know, it is that is, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. it is one of the things that really helps Parkinson's patients slow down, slow the the progression down. Um, and another aspect with Parkinson's, you get Parkinson's related dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that, that takes a toll on, on the caregiver, whoever's taking care of them. Yes. But... You know, I, I find it so interesting that cardio helps with um, with Parkinson's because of course the blood flow is what it's all about, right? Like yeah. getting, getting the blood flow in a continuous way up to the brain, I would imagine. Yeah. And don't, um, don't quote me on this cause I don't know the full, um, I used to know the full workings of it. I don't know totally right now, but, um, Parkinson's is a lack of, you know, it gets rid of uh, dopamine in the brain mm-hmm. um, and with the cardiovascular aspect it um, I don't know to say it stops the loss of dopamine if that's as easy as that but mm-hmm. it somehow um, uh, I don't want to say releases more dopamine but it it helps um, for lack of a better term halt the the loss of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, so I did some research on early hormone release in children. This is a completely different topic, <laughs> but it's a similar, <laughs> it's a similar quandary about hormone release, which is in functionality, the same um, action and mechanism and cardiovascular exercise it balances hormone release, like it helps mm-hmm. to balance it. So that is amazing. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Why that would be. Those darn hormones. <laughs> yeah. Hormones are fa- fascinating. I mean, they control so many actions in our body and yes. can yes. really impact how we feel. Even if we, you don't see the tremors, if right. we, and how we respond, how we respond to food and stress and all everything. That. I know, and so many people um, don't get cardiovascular exercise. Yes, and um, so many people don't realize the effects of too much or too little hormones and how that wreaks havoc. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I know. I, I mean, I think in general, a lot of the people that I work with aren't connected with the functions of the body and just anatomy lessons, um, the yeah. way, the way we are. I, I think once you under once you even have like a, a short anatomy lesson, I think you get a better connection, um, in the body. That's yeah. Been... Y- yes. Anatomy and, and physiology, I think. Yes. The mandatory to take. <laughs> 
Agreed. Because I think um, even if you're not interested in it, if you can just visualize just the muscles and the organs, the skeleton, just your basic framework, you can have more of an appreciation of why it's so important to nourish the body. Yep. Well, Angela, we read manuals. Well, I don't. I hate manuals, but, (laughs) you know, like people read manuals for every electronic thing that they get. And how many how many people have actually read manuals for a body anatomy and physiology right oh my like, gosh we're all you know no it's a really good point but in the inside you know we all have lungs and a heart and muscles and you know we we need to make the manual for our body a, a priority um, Gabriel's taking physiology this year in high school, and I'm so incredibly oh excited for him to take it because obviously, or maybe not obviously, anatomy mm-hmm. and physiology were my favorite classes in college. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. We need, read, we need to read the manual for our bodies. <laughs> I know. It's very illuminating. I I think so. I um, you know, I took anatomy and physiology when I had my, when I was getting my yoga certification and it was a, like a one semester combo course and it was too much. It was so hard, but it was so fascinating. I just loved it. Yeah, no, it is. Our bodies are incredible, Angela. (laughs) I know. And they're self regenerative. We are self healing. It's just in a miraculous um, part of nature, really. Yeah, no, we we are pretty cool as, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you really think about it, the, the stuff that we put our bodies through mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they, they show up for us day after day. Um, and, you know, I think the longer we can take care of and appreciate it, Mm-hmm. the longer it'll thank us <laughs> right like, <laughs> yes I'm gonna quote you on that <laughs> um and so I um I've always been fascinated by um our bodies and how they work in every aspect not just the the physical aspect but you know the the mental aspect the aspect that stress takes on our bodies the and so yeah I'm right there with you (laughs) yeah I know I um I I mean I guess in our western culture in particular I find the external forces in our world really draw us to them so I feel like it's a cultural anomaly that we don't really do much work on the interior part of our work of, of our bodies and meditation or exercise to really take care of ourselves with nutrition yeah yeah I mean you know we we just we want to look good Mm -hmm. to the outside and and it doesn't really matter people don't think it matters what happens on the inside but you know it it starts inside and shows outward right absolutely Um, Absolutely. I know. So that leads me to my next question I had for you. So what do you think about biohacking? (laughs) I have some opinions about it. There's always a, you know, I have 
people that I'm working with right now and they're like, well, do you have a hack for that? And I'm like, I, the hack, there isn't a need for a hack. Like right. you just, you just do it properly the, the first time. <laughs> you don't need to hack anything. Yeah. You don't need to I mean, think that way. Right. There's many <laughs> different terms for biohacking, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, I, there is no shortcut, Angela. <laughs> exactly. Right. There is no shortcut. Um, you don't read the full page of a manual and, or you don't read a <laughs> full thing of how to build a Lego set and it's going to, you don't start from start to finish, you skip some parts and it's not going to turn out correctly. Right. And so. That's correct. Um, or you know, building a house. Yeah. Or you have to have the foundations in place. Yeah. So again, I think it's part of our culture of just a quick fix, right? How many times do you see, take this pill and lose, you know, 50 pounds in one week? Um, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Right? Like wow. How many times have you, have you seen that? Oh, oh. yeah. A lot. And, and so, you know, I, yeah, I mean, there is no, there is no shortcut. You just got to do the work. You know, we, we do the work to get our degrees. We do the work mm -hmm. for our kids and, and somehow we don't think we need to do that same work for our bodies. Um, but it's amazing. Once we do the work, our bodies all respond. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, we just have to be patient with it because in some cases we've abused it for so many years and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, you know, this, you were pregnant mm -hmm. for nine months and you're gaining weight for nine months and you don't all of a sudden lose it in a month. Right. No, you have to, it takes probably nine months or nine years to take it off. Right. It like, takes time. It um, takes time. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of with you on the biohacking aspect of, um, you know, it's not, it's about lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fix. It's working on changing your lifestyle. Absolutely. Um, and that's where you and I come in, right? Like we. Absolutely. We support people in helping them change their lifestyle um, and working with them because they have it in them to do it. They just don't know it yet. I know. I mean, I think that the simplest um, actions of changing our habits, it's not easy. It's ingrained in our, in our beings. We, we represent our habits. And so it's so, you, the support that we can offer to our clients is, um, is perfect. It's really what we need. And even if you can't get a health coach, you can, you know, have an accountability partner, a friend. Yep. yep. Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of the times we just need to be accountable to someone and someone who really will hold us accountable for, you know? Yes. Um, not someone who'll be like, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't need to go work out for the 10th day in the row tomorrow. <laughs> I know. And that one more 20th meal of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, Valerie, I'm working with a woman right now who has, uh, she's having, um, 
longevity problems. So she's in her almost 80s and she is having some major trauma in her pelvic floor. And there's really, she has to wait for a surgery because of COVID. She has to wait seven months. Oh my God. To get the surgery to repair what's happening in mm-hmm. her in her reproductive organs and it's you know she's it's so hard for me to to walk her through this because yeah at this point it's there's really nothing (laughs) nothing that she can really do except wait for the surgery and what would have been so helpful in her younger years is if she had been aware of what was going on in her body and enlivened this area, it would have helped tremendously. And the outcome may have been similar. She may have, she had three children vaginally, but, but it would have not been as exacerbated in this pandemic where she has to wait. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just so sad. This one is very sad. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think there's little things that we can always do, right? Like, yes, um, I think, you know, whether it's waking up and being thankful for waking up. <laughs> yes, being mindful, um, the mindset. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, especially this past year and a half, it's been really hard to think about something to be thankful for, right? Because it's just yes. been crazy. But, um, it, you know, it ties into our attitudes. And, um you know, where I work, I always, there's this one older gentleman, Angela, and I see mm-hmm. him, and I ask him how he's doing. He's like, I'm vertical. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he's like, the day I, I'm horizontal, we're in trouble. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's silly, but it's true, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all vertical, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, right. I love it. You know, I think, um, I think the key too is just, I mean, it, sometimes it sucks, right? But Mm -hmm. there's always a little, there's always something to be thankful for, right? Absolutely. Um, Some some days it's a little harder to find though. (laughs) Some days, but I think that one of the great things about embodied practice of exercise Uh, I love all the things that you mentioned tai chi ballroom dancing spin classes just these actions of exercises it it literally grounds you into your body like you have to just be present yeah yeah in the body to do it you would think well, hopefully, I mean, get the full benefit of it. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're uh, right. I do think that whenever I go bicycling with my son, I am so happy. It brings me so much joy because I, I can't really look at my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not safe. I, it's just the wind and him and me and we just go for it. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I, and I think there's many aspects to that. You're with your son, right? Like, mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's a biking, you're with your son, you're out in the fresh air, like there's so many pieces to what makes you happy in that situation. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we all need to find 
um, what makes us happy and we all need to find what kind of makes us come alive. And I think so many times we're just going through the motions, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's easy. I mean, it's easy to do that, um, especially when life gets busy. But I think you you hit the key is you just got to find stuff that, you know, makes you not want to look at your phone and, and mm -hmm. you know, find something that makes you want to feel the wind in your hair, so to speak. Um, so, yeah. If you are curious about how to realize total body vitality and want to feel better connectivity with your body, mind, and spirit, book a free connection call to explore the various practices that may benefit your personal practice. Book the call at calendly.com forward slash yogini prana. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash Yogini Prana. You will learn so much in this call about your body that no matter if we decide to work together or not, you will walk away empowered with a solid action plan to help you begin mastering the five steps to total body vitality in your world. Book your call today. very enlivening we can get overstimulated but when we do exercise they can be calmed um mm -hmm. just like you described with parkinson's the cardiovascular and this is such a great example the the central nervous system is not in control completely of the body and then cardiovascular exercise can help minimize the symptoms or help the symptoms. Yeah. That's a great example of how the senses, the senses respond to exercise and movement. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it, uh, say it, I've said it before and I'll say it again, Angela, our bodies are amazing. Our like, bodies are amazing. I mean, they are, you know, like they are just, um, they're just incredible. <laughs> I know. You know, and we really, um, we really need to know how to take care of them, both fitness, nutritional, you know, stress-wise, meditation-wise. There's so many aspects to health that go so untouched. I know. I, you know, I'm working with women over 40, and you know, it sounds like you're working with a variation of age um, in your clients. I do you find that your clients feel like they're too old to turn back the clock or too old, too old to even just begin in this moment? Um, that's a good question, Angela. No. Well, I should answer. If they do, they yeah. don't let me know that. <laughs> okay, good. I um, love that. Because I, you know, when they first work with me um, or when I first start working with them, I try to create an environment that uh, nothing's impossible. Yes. Um, and if you are 
dedicated and adamant about making change, uh, nothing's impossible. I don't care if you're, you know, mm-hmm. 80 or 40 or it might take a little bit longer if you're 80, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I hope they don't. I mean, one of my goals as a health coach is to give people the power that they can do what they set out to do. And mm-hmm. I am here to support them um, and then guide them in any way they can, but they are truly the guide for their bodies, for their self. And That's so um, I, my goal, and I hope I do this, is to create an environment for them that they feel that anything's possible, you know, whether it's, you know, eating one less gram of sugar a day or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, um, I can't think of another example, you know, or, but um, I hope, and that's my goal. If I, if I'm not there yet, that's my goal is to create an environment for my clients that they feel safe to, to do whatever they set out to do. That's That's wonderful. I love that you allow them to be, that you support them in their personal guidance their personal leadership with their goals. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you're in, you're familiar with, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the, the name um, right now, but it's a type of interviewing, guided interviewing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, I like to put my clients in the, in the driver's seat and That's great. they are ultimately in charge. And I think, um, you know, when you give them that power, uh, so often, you know, we're so used to, and, and I catch myself doing it too. People mm-hmm. just want to be told what to do, right? Do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might not work for them. Like there's no cookie cutter um, there's no cookie cutter answer. And so, like I had said before, we all have the power to change mm-hmm. and we all know how we need to change within our individual self. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's nature versus nurture. Like they just need to know that it's there. Um, and they need to be given the freedom to express it. So they have the answers. I don't want to give them the answers because the answers will come from them. Wow. This is amazing, Valerie. Um, well, you know, I mean, in your line of work, Angela, how many mm-hmm. times people know what to do? I mean, they kind of have an, a general idea of what to do, right? They do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if, if someone tells me to, I don't know, Angela, if someone tells me to go, you know, I have to go drink 50 gallons of water. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not realistic. I mean, I don't know if that's realistic for anyone, but you no. get like, <laughs> not in one go, right? Yeah, no. But you know, like <laughs> if someone tells me, Valerie, you know, you can, uh, my weakness is frozen yogurt, right? Like mm-hmm. someone says, Valerie, you can never have frozen yogurt again. You really, you know, need to cut out that aspect of sugar. It's going to be like, um, no, 
like you know i'll find i'll find something else to 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 cut the sugar out you know um mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if that's a very good example but um you know people they have an idea of what they need to do and how they need to get there and they just need someone to guide them and someone to mm -hmm. to listen to be accountable for and so i really um I really think that um, being there and supporting them for me is how I like to work. What I was thinking about earlier, Angela, was motivational mm -hmm. interviewing. And I can't. Okay, yes. And so, yes. Um, you know, motivational interviewing is, um, it's been really known to work and, and they know, they know what to do. And you just kind of have to dig it out of them and let them come up with it mm -hmm. because then they'll be invested in it. Chances are if, how many times does a doctor say, you know, go lose weight mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, they're like, okay, well, how do I do that? Or I need some suggestions of how to do that. Um, so, you know, I, I can give suggestions, but the ultimate answer is them. The ultimate decision is theirs. And, that's um, right. I think, you know, once they realize that, um, that's where the walls are broken down and they're like, oh, I get it. Like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So that's again, brilliant. I'm rambling. <laughs> no, you're not rambling. No, this is, um, no, I'm, I love letting you have this, the floor because I'm learning so much from you. I, I, I love this uniqueness in honoring the self, like, you know, that natural self-healing action that we can take through the individuals, you know, where they are right now and yeah. allowing them to reveal the obstacles that are in their way. Because it, because what you're describing to me is you're just allowing the space you're holding the space so their natural healing can happen and that includes the decisions that they're making around food and lifestyle yeah that's so beautiful i love it <laughs> and i have been introduced to motivational interviewing i it's it's very helpful and therapeutic um for clients because it it helps just draw them to their own conclusions, really. Yeah. And it, it, they're invested in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, that's a huge thing. They need to feel that they're coming up with it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so, awesome. Yeah. I love it. So I've learned so much from you today and more about your personal life. I just love knowing about your familial influence and your work, which is very meaningful. I, I too have that. I'll have to share that in another, yeah. <laughs> another time. I want to do a, pod, a podcast so I can interview you. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. I well, you know, just briefly, I grew up in a traditional southern family and we had a lot of eating concerns because we were taught to you know finish your plate and then we also um 
we were also exposed to a lot of convenience food because I was reared by a single mama and she was busy working and we, you know, we kind of just had to have fast and quick things around the house. Yeah. Um, but it, pre- like, it presented a host of health issues, um, not only in our, with my sister and me, but also with, you know, people who were living like that in our area too. Like, you know, a lot of obesity is a problem. Malnutrition is a problem. Um, And it has always stuck with me that I, it's an issue. Um, Food is a, is a problem for so many people and just a relationship with food and how we look at it and how we look at fresh food. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so natural, but yet to many, it feels like it's unnatural to prepare it for food mm-hmm. intake, which, you know, it's just about your lifestyle at that point. <laughs> so I have to ask you, Angela, because I yes. have your profession prior to this, you were a chef. Oh, yes. Um, yes. And I can contest for some of the stuff that you've made. Well, <laughs> hope you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. Um, but I'm curious on growing up the way that you did, did becoming a chef, did it influence you in any way? I mean, we're all influenced by how we grew up, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, um, well, you know, I think that positively the summer months in, in the South where I grew up, we had so much abundance of fresh vegetables and fruit that that time was very inspiring. You know, we were mm-hmm. grilling a lot, grilling vegetables, grilling corn, eating really fresh food. And then we worked at the end of the summer, like this time of the, the year, I start feeling a little excited because it's a time when we used to do a lot of canning and prepping foods for freezing it and things like that to preserve it because in the winter and the fall, the fall was still some, I guess we had pumpkins and things like that. But in the winter and early spring, we were eating that canned food, which it was never enough. And then we'd wind up just eating, you know, the food from the grocery store just wasn't fresh where we lived. It was brought there from, California. Some things were from Florida and now, you know, everything's different. They're hot houses, you know, they're, you know, kind of all over the place now. But, um, but I loved the summertime. It was when I, you know, looking back at my photographs, I looked the most healthy and in the winter I would always get very sick. I would always have like strep throat, you know, constantly. I had a lot of that. And I was, I don't, you know, I think I had some problems with my nutrition, especially in the wintertime. Um, I had skin rashes and things like that, which is, you know, totally related to, you know, nutrition. And I loved the summer months. So that part of the seasons of my upbringing really influenced my love for food and also just wanting to eat well and prepare food that I liked. So I was totally influenced by it. 
And then my grandma, you know, she was such a great baker. She always had a million desserts around her house. <laughs> so that well, the was... apple doesn't fall far from the tree, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, so that was always sort of my, my love was um, baking and just that magic of yeah. flour, flour, butter, sugar. You know, you can make so many different things with that. Yeah. Aww, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, a few years ago, you know, about after I turned 40 and my husband, I love him, but he I just saw this lineup of medications on our bathroom vanity and I realized all of this love of sugar was basically killing him slowly yeah. and not yeah. doing what the outcome that I wanted, um, which is longevity and having a nice long life together. So I decided to make some changes and it was, was a really good thing for our family. Aww. Really good thing. And you inspired a lot of that, Valerie. Aww. You helped bring awareness to me just about Aww. the <laughs> inflammation, you know, just chronic inflammation that can happen with having too much sugar. Yeah, and having too much of it in, t- in your diet does so many weird things to our bodies. Yeah, um, hormonally, not, most people aren't used to because that's how they think their body should be. Exactly, and you know, I think subtly the changes can happen subtly over time, where yeah. chronic inflammation presents itself yes. in yes. symptoms. It wasn't overnight. Right, that it, well, it never is, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It um, it it builds up, and people just think that it's normal that their backs are hurt, or mm-hmm. you know that their stomach hurts, or um, you know they've lived with it for so long, and they think it's just how they are. Right. I know that's a really good point. People get get used to things. Um, that aren't natural really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad at least I know I've influenced one person. Oh my gosh. Well, I am. I mean, I'm looking at, I, um, sometimes I buy publications or I, I get them at the library and I have one here about plant-based living. Cause my kids are more and more interested in it. So I get that out to see if maybe I can inspire that to keep going because we're slowly transitioning into a plant-based diet. Yeah. You'll, you'll love knowing that because I've always been an <laughs> omnivore. I've always been an omnivore. So you are inspiring me on so many levels. Valerie, thank you for being here today. Can I just ask you, what is, what are you doing this fall with Go Simply Healthy? What's Valerie doing? Oh, that's a good question. Anything? Doing? <laughs> any any new developments in the in the uh, works? I barely know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I just um, I want to. There's nothing specifically. Yeah. Um, people are um, they're ready for this climate to be over with, right? Like they yes. want to get back to normal some normalcy. So I'm just continuing supporting um, my clients and, and trying to inspire people of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's how to have a better outlook, mm-hmm. um, how to wake up vertical. <laughs> I love um, that. Uh, and, you know, how to 
how to make changes and create good habits that might have gone away in the past year and a half. Oh, yes. With COVID, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, COVID did a toll on, on our bodies mm-hmm. in so many aspects. So, you know, I think my goal, whether it's the fall, winter, spring, or summer, is just to continue to empower people um, to live the best life that they can. Yay. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on in the fall, winter, spring, and summer. It goes simply healthy. (laughs) Good. No, I love it. You're just going to continue all the good work you're doing. I love it. And you work with people one-on-one. Do you do group? I do. I just started. um, (gasps) So tell me about that. You are doing something (laughs) new. Hello. I love it. Um, Tell us. So it's more, it's not in the fall. It's probably more in the winter. Okay. And in the new year, um, I'm going to be starting um, a diabetes or uh, I should say a pre-diabetes support group. Um, I just got certified for um, Sparks. It's a diabetes prevention program. Oh, great. Um, And so I am, I'm diligently studying right now. So come the... um, come the winter or the new mm-hmm. year uh, that I can kind of roll out this um, diabetes prevention program. And so um, that's fantastic. It will be, it won't be the, ofi- it'll be the official first group that I've worked with, but mm-hmm. I've kind of dabbled in groups here and there, mm-hmm. um, but they've kind of come up accidentally <laughs> it's not a, yeah. me seeking them out uh-huh. um, and so this will be the first time that I'm actually seeking a group out oh I love it this <laughs> is fantastic I think I could probably send some people your way I um I, I know a couple of people right now who are struggling with this particular issue and I think a group would be really perfect for yeah. them and it's just you know another way to Another way to support each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm looking forward to it because I always, you know, it's a, everything's a learning process, right? So I love, I'm looking forward to this and looking forward to what I can learn from the people in my group. Um, I, I think, you know, we can always, we all teach each other something. Absolutely. Um, so absolutely that's what I've always loved about you Valerie is you're very open and mm-hmm. you love you love people like, <laughs> you really do I feel like you always are open to receive lessons from others and that's the sign of a really great teacher so oh well that's what it's all that. about Angela right like mm-hmm. you just got to keep progressing <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Let me ask you one more question. This is my final question. And I'm just wondering, I know you mentioned that there's no easy fix, but do you have, do you have any go-to secrets that can help people feel better instantly right in the moment? That's a, that's a really opening Pandora's box. (laughs) I know you've got something. You're such a great health coach. I know you've got some, something um, up your, in your you toolkit. Know, I think right now, 
in this moment, the thing that I'm focusing on, and if people are, are seeking um, ways to feel better, mm -hmm. um, I honestly am just for myself as well, just trying to um, wake up each day and focus and, and as cliches as it sounds of being waking up and naming one thing that I'm grateful for. Oh, I love this. Um, and, you know, this past, I'd probably say past month. Um, so a goal that I do for myself, and I'll answer this question, is each month I try to focus on something health-wise for me, whether it's mm -hmm. how to, you know, incorporate, you know, um, a new type of food or a different exercise. Or so this past month, um, I've really tried to focus on with the kids starting school, how to kind of decompress mm -hmm. um, and how and for being grateful. Um, and so I've just in the past for the month of August, I've tried to wake up each day. So my alarm goes off at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you are inspiring. Okay, you keep inspiring. Um, I'm not quite sure waking up at four should be an inspiration, Angela. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it's it's not by done by choice. It's done by necessity. But I, when my alarm goes off, I try to, before I get out of bed, try to think about something that I'm thankful for. Um, yeah. And it has really set the tone for me I've really noticed the difference in the past month um and it's wonderful and throughout the day if you know I'm having a slump or I'm feeling sad or anxious or whatever the case may be I'll just remember that one thing that I woke up that I was thankful for so a long-winded answer to your question would be just you know mm -hmm. try to wake up and think of one thing you're thankful for and that could be you simply just woke up <laughs> I love it. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's a great tip. No, I love it because some because that's a very doable action. I, you yes. know, sometimes I mention keeping a journal to some people, and they're like, "Oh, you know, like I don't do journals." <laughs> and, yeah, and I love just that one thing in the morning to set the tone for your day. It's wonderful. Yeah. My, um, and I have to be honest, the mm -hmm. idea came, um, so maybe about two or three years ago, my son um, started keeping a, a journal of, he did it at night. He would list things that he was thankful for before he went to bed. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, like, it's not something that I had asked him to do, or he just kind of did it on his own. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> I love it. We learn from we, our kids, don't we? We totally do. And I thought, I'm not a night person. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I thought I should do that in the morning, knowing, you know, we mm -hmm. know ourselves. And so he kind of inspired me to like, um, you know, name one thing I'm thankful for in the morning and um so that's I love where it. it stemmed from but that's a beautiful I love that you I also I don't know if you feel this way but I feel like I learned for I learned far more from my children 
then they learn from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at this point in at this point in the history of our family, I feel like I just need to feed the kids, get them where they need to be. You know, and then I take it all in because they are so bright and amazing. Yeah. No. Just like Gabriel. I love that you learned that from him. That's wonderful. No, they're you know, we're when I say we, you and I, Angela, are mm-hmm. so lucky to have, you know, to be able to be open and learn from our kids. I'm so oh, that's a sweet thing. Yeah, I'm very grateful just to just to close our conversation. I'm yeah. very grateful for my children. I'm grateful you have the same inspiration. It's wonderful. Yes. Well, Angela, thank you so much. <gasps> this was like the best oh. way to end my week. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. It's such a lovely Friday. I get to have a conversation with you and we get to share it with the world. So I'm I'm so excited. Thank you for being my first guest. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and thanks for sharing the secrets of the yoginis with me. I appreciate it so much. You've shared so much today and I've learned a lot from you. Well, ditto. Thank you, Angela. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Yogini Prana. Yogini in Sanskrit means feminine yoga practitioner, master of tantra, and goddess. In Sanskrit, prana means energy, vitality, vital life force. This space is a safe trauma. Who didn't?